This is When Spirit Calls, and you on your journey are in the right place. This show is about magic, miracles, and meaning shared through stories, interviews, and channeled messages. We have so much to share about who you are and your divine mission here on the earth. Let's get to it. When Spirit Calls is right now. Leslie Evans is no stranger to feeling overwhelmed, being a mother of three girls, wife, and primary support for her mother while working in the public health system. Leslie is an international best-selling author. She worked as a traditional therapist before she sought training in alternative therapies and discovered she was highly intuitive. She's developed a perfect blend of modern and magical therapies to empower the overwhelmed by teaching them how to shed the guilt find their passion, and live an inspired life. Leslie has 30 years of experience as a registered psychiatric nurse therapist. She is a certified soul care coach and Reiki master. She brings new purpose and passion for raising awareness, gaining new perspectives, and teaching others to shine their light. She believes, like the rising phoenix, that everyone can rise from the ashes of their old life and build themselves stronger to shine their light into the world. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to When Spirit Calls. As you heard, we have a really special guest on the show today, and I'm so delighted to bring in Leslie to talk a bit about her story and some of the things that she's learned in her life uh, that will really help you in your life, too. So hi, Leslie. Welcome. Hi. It's so great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I am so happy to have you here, Leslie. We've known each other now for, I guess, over a year. And I have just watched you share stories which are so powerful and really reminding people to come into a place of presence and mindfulness. And so I know that's going to be a bit of what we talk about today. But I'd like to start off by letting the audience know a little bit of your backstory so that they can really understand some of the pains and that maybe struggles that you went through uh, that got you where you are today. So why don't you start us off by giving us a little bit of the breakdown of the history of Leslie and the story behind you? All right. Absolutely. Well, you know, really, my story starts with a checklist, Um, a checklist of everything that I thought I wanted in my life. You know, I got, I went to uh, nursing school, got my psychiatric nursing diploma. I married my college sweetheart. I, uh, I got a job in public health as a nurse. I got, you know, we bought a house and I had three beautiful girls. And so check, 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 check. <laughs> I know that story, too. I also had a checklist. <laughs> yes, you know, and I checked everything off. But, you know, as I checked everything off and I was taking care of all my checks on my checklist, I really started to realize I was losing myself in this whole process that I was always juggling this or that. I was also primary support to my mom through all those years. And, you know, really, I didn't take a lot of time for myself because when I did, I always felt so guilty or worried that something was going to go wrong and I and I wasn't there to take care of it. And so even when I did take time, it really wasn't time for myself. It was time by myself, but not self-care in that way where I let everything else go. 
And so, um, you know, as I went through life, and you think this is my turning point, but it's, it's a very important moment in my journey. When I was having a conversation with my then, um, she was 16, so my eldest daughter, and we were having a conversation about a boy, which you do in those teenage years. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, she was giving up a lot of herself and what was important to herself to be available for this boy and to, you know, be the person that he wanted her to be and giving her the proper motherly advice. I said, no, we don't give up ourselves to make everybody else around us happy that our happiness is important and la 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 as I, you know, I gave her that important advice. But honestly, a light bulb really went up off for me in that moment where I really thought, oh my goodness, what? What am I doing? What am I teaching my girls about the importance of self and the importance of self-care when all I'm doing is sacrificing all everything that I want, you know, that I want my passions, everything for everyone around me. And I just thought, I don't, that's not what I want for my girls. I don't want them to live a a life of self-sacrifice. And so I really had a good talk with myself (laughs) and and really sat very quietly and listened. Um, And the direction that I had was very clear. And that was, it was time to move on from where I was. Um, And my husband of 21 years and I, decided to separate because what we were doing wasn't healthy for any of us. Mm. And so made a life on my own. My girls came and my mom was living with us. So she came with us too. And you know, like any big change. Yes. It feels really good in the beginning and it, and it was a good choice and a good decision. And change is sometimes really, really messy. Yeah. And uh, any kind of separation or divorce can be that way too. And I can't really tell you, Deanne, what happened, but I remember going home for lunch one day and whatever happened just got me so overwhelmed mm-hmm. because I was so busy making sure everybody else was okay. Yes. And that work was still going well and all of that, that I hadn't really taken care of myself in that mm-hmm. whole process. And I can remember driving back to work and just feeling so overwhelmed. Mm. And I parked my car. Well, it's an expedition, so big vehicle. And I took a few deep breaths and I went in for my afternoon of work, my three and a quarter hours of work that I had left. Did my job. I was very good at that. And at the end of my shift, I couldn't find my keys. No, they, they were nowhere. Like I was like, Oh, great. So I can just remember that sinking feeling. Well, I hope my vehicle's still there. Huh, Cause that would just be the, the cherry on the top. Right. So I, when I walked out, not only was it there, I had left it running for that entire three and a quarter hours. I was at work and however long it took me to try and find my keys. Wow. Yeah. I like, I was, holy cow. And so I got into my vehicle. <laughs> I just took a few deep breaths, turned it off. And in that moment, as I took those deep breaths, I just really realized I was as empty as my gas tank now was. <laughs> yes. 
What an analogy. If, oh. if, if the universe was speaking to you in that moment, <laughs> then it gave you quite the wake up call, right? You know, oh like, my goodness. Hey, Leslie, your car's now on empty. We're showing you that you're on empty too. Yeah. yeah, you left it running. What did you think was going to happen? Just like you, you kept right. running and running and running and you didn't yeah. take a break. So you're running yeah. on empty. Wow. So, you know, that was really a game changer for me when I went home and I just made sure everybody was okay. Nobody else knew really what had happened. Yeah. And in fact, I didn't really start sharing this story until the last year. And after everybody was in bed, I just sat quietly and I just, you know, I just remember just thinking to myself, okay, yeah. you really let this go. What are you going to do? It is time to make more changes. Exactly. And, and you know, it's so brilliant. You know, at, at some point you thought, okay, this, my marriage isn't working. I need to take care of myself and I'm going to get out of this marriage. But it really hadn't sunk in yet, you know, and I think that for us um, as human beings, a lot of times the changes are in incremental pieces. Like if you would have left your husband and then focused on self-care and all the things, I mean, you could have done that, but you might have missed some other parts in the process or you might have had such um, resistance to the change that it might have reversed on you, too. So reminding the listeners that. The, when spirit calls us all the time and spirit called you that day when you realized that you had left your car running, it was on empty. And what a brilliant way for spirit to say, Hey, Leslie, come on, <laughs> give your head a shake. You're running all the time and you're running on empty. How much longer do you think you can do this for? And how brilliant is it that that showed up for you so that you could recognize, okay, it's time for something else to change. Exactly. It is. It was the next step. And, and, you know, perhaps in that you're right in all of those changes, I wasn't ready for that next step. That was the big step. Yeah. And this was the next step. And, and when I really sat down and really listened, although I had been really, you know, studying more about higher self in connecting, you know, with my inner self and spirit, I really hadn't taken all the time I needed to for that. And that was the the time when I really clearly heard it's time heard heard it's time now for you to connect in a way you haven't connected before, and that's what led to really me starting to connect, um, find out more about angels and spirit and uh, like all things amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All things amazing and cool and uh, spiritual and, and how you can just connect on levels that we've never been taught before. That's right. You know, I'd always been taught that you do, you to connect, you do it this way. And this is the, you know, take these steps and you pray this way or whatever. And, and what it really opened up for me. And I'd been wondering for a long while is what about me? How, what if I don't connect in that way? And so this taught me that everyone has their own way of connecting with spirit. Love it. There is no one way or right way. It's, it's just your way, whatever feels good for you. Right. Yes. Oh, can I highlight that for a second? Cause I think that's so powerful and such a brilliant message that how you connect with spirit, how you connect with your soul, how you connect with those inner parts of you 
there there is no one way. There's many, many ways. And we are conditioned to believe it has to be in a certain way, put in the box, and this is what it looks like. And what you're saying is that it is your way, and you get to decide what that way is, but find your way there, at least. (laughs) Whatever way that might be, find it. And here's the thing. People don't have to have some big, like, traumatic experience. I mean, you didn't have to get hospitalized or go through a near death like I did or any of that stuff, but you had enough of the wisdom within you to pay attention and to listen. And here's the thing, everyone. Spirit is always sending us messages. It's just that sometimes we're too busy right? Just like busy, busy, go, go, go. Because again, we've been conditioned to believe that way. But that's part of the problem is that we are so busy. We're so consumed by all these extrinsic and outside energies and forces. How easy it is to miss these callings, how easy it is to miss the directional signposts. And so just a reminder for those people listening that You don't have to go through something super dark. Like you don't have to go through a dark night of the soul (laughs) to hear it, right? To hear spirit. So yes, thank you for sharing that. Yes, my pleasure. And and this has been my journey that it's your way. Your way changes as you grow too. It doesn't stay static. Yes. Which is, I just, you know, there's one thing that keeps coming up for me lately. And it's like, I'm never surprised by what comes up for me or how things come up um, with spirit, always amazed. Always amazed. Yes. Yeah. And so just be open to whatever comes up for you. So, yeah. So that was really my journey of starting this piece. Um, As you know, I've been working as a psychiatric nurse therapist for 30 years. That's a lot of years in sort of People like to call it traditional therapy. I like to call it modern because it really hasn't been around that long. Yes. You know, maybe a hundred years at the most. That's not that long in the whole history of things. Um, But I worked uh, for 30 years in that. And what I always found, there was just this missing piece when I was working. I could give you the tools and the steps to move forward. But what I think was missing was that feeling of inspiration and purpose and passion in why you want to move forward rather than just the steps. Yes. And um, so what this has allowed for me and in all of my learnings and of course, mentoring uh, Deanne Bayou in the Akashic Records is that these two blend so nicely together. Love it. The purpose the passion, the, you know, your manifestation blends so well with these tools and steps that I can give you to to move in that way. Yeah. Yes. Because I mean, we are human after all having, you know, just knowing that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. So I wanted to bring that to the surface because we need a function of both. We can't all be woo-woo and fairy tales and magic in over here because we are still in this human world. And so we have to have this bridge. And the work that you're doing now, Leslie, really is about becoming this bridge, recognizing the gaps in the medical system around psychiatric health care, and then also recognizing that there's this 
whole other piece that hasn't been plugged in yet. And now you're bringing them together. So as a practitioner who helps people with this purpose piece and with mindfulness, what are some of the things that you want people to know that are really important that might seem simple or might not even seem that important, but are really important? Right. Well, the first thing is, uh, Deanne, I feel like so many people are just, or we've been conditioned to think that we need to take big steps. Right. And that if we're not taking big steps, then we're not making progress. And I'm here to challenge that 100%. Love it. That really, it's about taking small steps and no step is too small. Uh, the small, consistent steps are what get you there. And I've seen so many people that are stuck. And they're feeling like I just can't take even take this first step. And so I'll sit and I'll, okay, what's your first step? Okay, how can we break that down further? Oh, into smaller steps even. Because the step is too big. And that's okay. Take smaller steps. It's not about how big the step is. It's about making the steps. Absolutely. And I I love that you brought this point up because we even talked about how change can be incremental because oftentimes if we make too much change too fast, then we end up not having success with that change, right? Um, And so I love that you're bringing this to the surface. There's also this kind of scenario, and I've talked about this in some of my talks too, so it'll make sense to you. But the question is, if I were to give you a million dollars today, Or if I were to give you a penny and double that for the next 30 days, what would you choose? And you know the answer to this. And for those of you that are listening, it's the penny that's worth way more, like multiple millions of dollars by just doubling that penny every day. And this is a perfect example to remind people that it's just 1% in every day in the right direction. It doesn't have to be the whole nine yards. It can be bit by bit. So that's a relief, I think, for some. <laughs> and I really, and I truly believe that, Deanne. I mean, if you think about life has ups and downs. It just does. That's life. And so if you're taking these big steps, you get there and then it goes boom. Yeah. And then you try and take it again, it goes boom. Whereas if you're taking small steps, you've got more of a foundation the foundation moves with you. So those, those downs aren't so far. That's right. You're just little ups and downs, but you're still traveling forward. Yes. Rather than this big up and then crash and then, and then up and yeah. then crash. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So important. Okay. That's great advice in itself. Okay. What you got next? Okay. So here, and you'll have heard this in my story. Self care does not mean self sacrifice. Ah. <laughs> or not self-care, sorry. Being of service does not mean self-sacrifice. That's what I meant to say. Being of service does not mean self-sacrifice. So yeah, let's just tap into that because it's, I think, you know, I know for me, especially, it was always about being kind, pouring into other people, take care of everybody else. And then if there's anything left, then you can give it to yourself. And I think many of us have been taught that anything other than that is selfish. And, and I'm sure that you can resonate with that. Because when we're in deep service, it means that we are helping but with our own boundaries intact, doesn't it? You want to elaborate on this a little bit? Exactly. I mean, 
it really, can you take care of everyone else? And I use the example of a vehicle. You're planning on going from Edmonton to Toronto in your car. When the gas goes to, is dipping to a quarter tank and empty, do you just keep driving and thinking you're going to get to Toronto? No, you stop. You fill up. You stop and fill up. And so if we know this about our cars, which is a mechanical thing, how do we expect ourselves to keep going right. when our gas tank is, is dipping? Yeah, love it. We can't. We can't. Mm. And yet, how many times has that been the common way? Um, you see how many health providers, frontline workers burnt out because they're trying to pour into everybody and they're not stopping to fuel up. That's exactly so, Yeah. yeah. Really I think tough. one of the most important things that I've heard you say, Deanne, to me and, and to others, is that you can care without carrying. Yes. Thank you for bringing that to the surface. Yeah. Which is huge. Yeah. You can care without carrying. And so... I think that's part of the problem is that we carry these burdens for each other too. It's not just about the doing, it's the carrying of the burdens as well. And so that's another powerful statement. And I'm so glad that you brought it up today because I think that someone needs to hear that right now. (laughs) Someone who's carrying the load, the weight of the world on their shoulders and feeling so depleted and exhausted by that. We cannot serve if there's nothing left, right? And so not effectively. Yeah. Not in the way we want. That's right. And here's the other thing I've learned, Deanne, is when we're taking on everyone else's burdens along the way, we don't give them the opportunity to move through those things that it's important for them to move through on their journey. Oh, yes. The wisdom in you, Leslie. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. We are not meant to be the ones to save everybody. We're meant to be guiding lights and allow people to save themselves, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It is so important. And these are hard won lessons, Deanne. (laughs) I know. It takes a long time for these to sink in and register. Like, I don't know about you, Leslie, but I'm still in the process of getting better at setting boundaries. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. That thing comes up and you're like, I got to jump in and then you've jumped in. But here's the thing. You can jump in. You can say, oh, okay. All right. You jumped in that time. That's okay. Let's put that boundary back up. Yes. And let's not jump in again. Yes. You've got it. Yeah. Give yourself a little grace in that process, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's brilliant. I love it. Okay. We've got time for one more tip and then we're going to wrap up. Our time's going by so fast today. (laughs) I know. I could talk for hours, Dan. So my third thing, and, and you know, this is so important to me, is about being present. And really, I think presence is a really undervalued in today's society, we're all about multitasking and about being here and doing this while you're doing that. And technology, you can take your phone and work on this when you're on the bus or whatever. And really what we're missing is just being present in our lives. And when we do that, we're not nearly as effective, not for ourselves and not for the people that we love. And so for anybody listening today, I think sometimes mindfulness is mistaken for taking, you know, getting up early and having that time by yourself, meditating. 
And that certainly is a form of mindfulness and important when you can fit it in. Right. Important. Yeah. However, sometimes you're feeling so overwhelmed that even adding one more thing in just feels like even more overwhelming. So I'm going to tell you, you can fit mindfulness into every aspect of your life if you choose. And I think that's really important to really be present because really only 2% of the population, only 2% can effectively multitask. That is it. Wow. Wow. They've done lots of studies and that is it. When we're multitasking, we're not present in anything and we're not doing anything effectively. Wow. So when I talk about mindfulness, I talk about when you've got a a to-do list of 10, that when you're on one, you stay on one. Right. You're in one. One is you focus on one. Yes. And you complete one and then you move to two. You don't do one and then you do five and then you do eight and then you (laughs) go back to one. Because how effective is that? Leslie, how do you know that that's me? Because it's me. Right? I know. I've got like an email going over here. This is half done over here. And that actually creates a feeling of overwhelm. I, For me, at least, and I would imagine for most people too. And so I love this practice of presence. And like you said, it doesn't have to be like an extra chore on your to-do list that the practice of presence can be something that you immerse in the day-to-day. Even something as simple as doing a check-in with your body, scanning your body and just saying, hello, body, how are you doing in this moment? Pausing to take a few nice deep breaths. It's these little things that can make a really big difference. And I think what I've loved so much about your talk today is that you really showed us how simple it can be. You showed us how easy it can be. And I think that's what stops a lot of people is they think that it's hard or they think, like you said, you have to make a big change. It can be something ever so subtle. It can be as simple as you doing three deep breaths in the morning before you start your day. And what time does that take, right? Yeah. Not long, not long. And and I'm a big believer in using those transition. And, And I know you've heard me say this. How many of us walk? Well, it's a trick question. I walk from my kitchen to my bathroom, to the car, from my car into an appointment. We walk all the time. And often during those times of walking, our mind is going on what we've got to do next. Yes. You can use that time that you're already doing. You're walking anyways. Walk mindfully. Yes. Really focus on your muscles and your balance and, you know, how you feel when you're walking. Really focus on that. Mm. And that just gives you some mindful moments so that you're not always running. I'm laughing over here because my toes are thanking you because I tend to stub a lot of toes because I'm one of those people who's moving. But I'm moving from here and I got to get this and I got to get this and I got the kids and I got the thing and the the, the. Right. And so my poor toes get stubbed a lot because I'm not being present. So I love this tip around mindful walking. I'm going to just as soon as we're done this and when I go to the kitchen, I'm going to make sure that I walk mindfully. So what a powerful tip in itself is to just Mm -hmm. practice walking with more mindfulness just to start and to play with that. Like this can be fun. We can play with it. It doesn't have to be like, oh my God, I forgot to walk with mindfulness. You know, it's like, 
oh, I just remembered that I didn't walk with mindfulness. So the next time I walk, I can walk with more mindfulness. So it's about just little bit by little bit and having fun in the experience and recognizing and having that awareness to say, oh, forgot about it then, but I'm going to challenge myself to get it next time. I can do it next time. Right. And so it becomes less burdensome. And again, I think that's so critical in this piece because so many people are like, well, I don't have time to meditate. I can't meditate. It's like, we're not talking about that. We're talking about you moving through your day with a little bit more awareness, with a little little bit more presence, with a little bit more mindfulness. Just a little, a little at a time. That has been powerful. So let's just do a quick recap. You know, we Mm -hmm. talked about steps can be small. It's okay for the steps to be small. And I think that's a really big one for people to be aware of. Uh, The middle one, remind me of the middle one again. So being of service Ah. is not self-sacrifice. Right. How could I forget this one? Because it's so powerful. (laughs) Being of service is not self-sacrifice. Being of service is being able to help with boundaries. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Love that. And then, of course, the third one that we can practice presence and mindfulness in our day to day, we don't have to add extra to the to do list, we can actually allow that presence to just show up as we move through our day. So pretty simple tools. But I'm telling you already, I'm taking some of these golden nuggets, and I'm going to be applying them because they are so simple, and they are easy. So Leslie, any final words as we wrap up for today? You know, Deanne, I think you said it a few times, not in in these words, but you've mentioned a few times, it's really just having grace, allowing, I know that for you, grace flows from within, you know, is the way you've described it. And it's just allowing that grace to flow to yourself when you're not getting everything in the way you want it to. Like, we all learning new things, we're all trying new things, we're all trying to figure this earthly life out for ourselves. And we don't always get it right. And other people don't either. And it's just about having that grace to say, okay, maybe I didn't do it that time. That's okay. I can move on from that and I can do it the next time. I love it. And I, you know, I could talk about grace all day um, and we've just touched on it now. But one thing I'll leave the audience with is that um, grace exists because of your awareness of it. So in order to have grace, you simply must be aware that it exists within you. Isn't that beautiful? Because I want people to recognize that they already have grace. I've heard people say, like, I'm so not graceful. Like, (laughs) and we all have grace. And so gracefulness comes from our awareness that it exists within us. So... I think that's a beautiful note to end on today. Leslie, uh, I know that you're a coach and you've got some programs that you run. How can people reach out to you, explore with you? I also happen to know you do tend to offer some free sessions. You are an expert in the Akashic Records as well. So Mm -hmm. um, if people want to book with you, uh, what's that process look like for them? Super easy. You can go to my website if you like, and uh, which is riseofthephoenix.org. Riseofthephoenix.org. Okay, I want to make sure everyone can hear that. Riseofthephoenix.org. O-R-G. That's where they can find you. Perfect. That's where they can find me. And right at the top of the page, it'll say book a call. 
and you can press that link and that'll take you into book that 20 minute free Akashic reading session with me. And well, that is such a beautiful gift, folks. Uh, Please take advantage of that gift. It's there for you to grow and learn and experience. And Leslie is so gifted at her craft. She knows what she's talking about. Uh, So I do encourage you to go and explore her website. If it resonates, book a time with her. It's a, it's a gift that will last a lifetime. Yes. And if you don't find it there, you can always go to uh, Rose Hope to the Divine Collective and you can find me there as That's well. Right. I'm in the Divine Collective on rosehope.ca ah. and you can book a free free call with me there. <laughs> I love that you threw that in there. So folks, um, as you know, rosehope.ca is where you can find all things about when spirit calls. You can sign up for the newsletter there too. But that is there for you and Leslie can be found there as well. So lots of places to find you. And thank you so much, Leslie, for taking the time out of your schedule to be with us, to be present with us today and share your wisdom. I know that I already have received tremendous value in this conversation. And it's not the first time we've had the conversation. And every time I learn something new. So thank you for gracing us with your presence today. And we look forward to seeing you all again on When Spirit Calls. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye. So happy you could join us today. And we hope that you found comfort and inspiration with wherever you are at right now. If you feel you received a gift in today's message, please pass that gift along to a loved one by sharing this episode with them. To continue this conversation, please join me at rosehope.ca. And when you do, be sure to access your free gift by signing up for the When Spirit Calls newsletter. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again soon.